Skin followers, I'm so excited today. Um, one of my idols is going to be on the podcast, uh, but more importantly, I know that all of you, when you email me, when you call, when I go out and speak, we always talk about you know women really mo- role modeling for women, and really, so many of you have shared you know what the last two years have been like for you in terms of restarting your businesses or getting new concepts or maybe starting over um, or just stepping out on your own for the first time. So I think. Our guest today has so much to share with her own journey from stepping out on her own, staying relevant. And I'm just so excited for her to share that wealth of knowledge with you today. So Laura Geller is going to be our guest today. I love that she's had this lifelong love affair with beauty. And I really think what resonates with me about Laura, and we'll delve into that today, is that beauty is sort of how you feel about who you are, not just what you put on your skin or how you look or the makeup we touch. And I think she translates that into the product she develops, but the way that she has always been an amazing storyteller of the brand and the connection it has to our self-esteem. She really, you know, became on the scene as a makeup artist working, you know, from Broadway to celebrities and really understanding and her devotion was, how do I translate that to makeup for real women? <laughs> and things that you can do every day, leading to her to create her own brand, launching on QVC, and that was 20 years ago. And we're still listening to Laura's stories and following her brand today. What an achievement. But she really believes that beauty is for everyone. It should be uncomplicated, which you know we love, mistake-proof, and fun. So we're gonna have some fun today with it. But more importantly, she was really a pioneer of things that we take for granted today. The primer into every woman's makeup routine and the spackle, oh gosh, I need some of that right now, being iconic. And also baked, which is one of my favorites, um, simply because I'm a huge fan of anything handmade in Italy because it's my love language um, and one of my favorites. But she's a board member of the CEW, which for those of you who don't know what that is, is Cosmetic Executives Women's Foundation. The thing I think we share in common is that's a nonprofit that was created, and one of the things she'll be following up with her engagement with CW as October uh, is Breast Cancer Awareness Month is Cancer Schmancer. So we'll be asking her a little bit to share her commitment to programs that empower and educate people with cancer to thrive in their workplace. Um, she's been honored for so much of her philanthropy through a philanthropy with City of Hope and. Uh, what she's done with life-threatening diseases and other cancer-focused charities, and we'll have her share more today. But definitely welcome someone who's been recognized Cranes as a woman, one of the top entrepreneurs of the year. And she was raised in New York, so you know she's one tough cookie. <laughs> so we'll bring her on. But Laura, thank you. Either I could go on and on, but welcome to the show. Oh, well, thank you. What an incredible introduction. Boy, you know, you hear somebody say all these things, you're like, is that me? Did I do that? Was that me? So well, it, it, that. it probably 20 years goes by like that, right? When you, yeah, when you're when you love what you're doing, yeah, the years go fast, as most of us would attest to. <laughs> That's right. So tell me a little bit, speaking of the year. So how did your journey start? Did you know that you wanted to do what you'd be doing today? Or how did Laura Geller, as we know her today, evolve? Yeah, I did not have a roadmap or a business plan, I could tell you that. And so I always say for anybody listening, what you really just need is a passion for something, if, whatever it may be. It doesn't matter if it's beauty or not. And I think that was what it was for me. I um, grew up in a small suburb outside New York City and was in awe of the women, some of the women that were in my neighborhood, the mothers who transformed themselves with their hair and makeup, because my mom was a very simple woman, just a little lipstick and some pancake makeup back in the day. And I was hungering for that information, didn't know that I could parlay it into a business. And in fact, was never sure of that until I started having some real credibility and was able to parlay it into a business. But I knew that what I wasn't, I was aware that I wasn't academic. I wasn't a student. It was just not interesting to me. And I was about to go to college and a friend who was going to beauty school for hairstyling said, you should come with me. 
I know how much you love makeup. And I was like, how can I go to beauty school and not go to college? And so I, I actually did. I went to beauty school and because you needed a cosmetology license to even apply makeup back in the day. Um, so yeah, I'm around a long time. You don't need that anymore. <laughs> um, but I thank goodness for that because I think I would have spent four years just having a really good time. <laughs> and although I missed out on that experience um, and probably missed out on learning some business acumen, but I wouldn't have known then that that's what I should have studied. Um, I really just stepped right into the business. And what happened was the owner of the beauty school knew that I didn't get any real makeup education at his school. He sent me, he looked into it. He sent me to School of Visual Arts in Manhattan. Wow. And I didn't know what that was, but it said makeup. So I was like, sign me up. But I found out when I arrived that it was theater and film makeup, which for anybody who takes um, dramatic arts or anything like that, you might've been in a class like that where it's really just like learning about uh, skull caps and blood caps and aging a face. But the one thing I learned there was the anatomy. Again, I didn't want to be back in school, but I was back in school. I learned science and it was the anatomy of the face. And while I was so bored, it changed the trajectory as a makeup artist for me because I understood anatomy of the face and how to sculpt the face. And think and, about and, that, Laura, you were doing that before the age of contouring and all of the things that you see and really knowing that. And one other thing I wanted to bring out is what a gift to have a mentor in that perfect, that teacher who, you know, actually that instructor who actually helped ensure you have the right launching pad, right? You're right. You're absolutely right. The one thing he said when I interviewed at the beauty school and said, you know, uh, I was just talking and talking and he said, you're going to be successful. And I said, why? And he said, because you have a gift of gab. <laughs> now, if anybody out there listening who has a good gift of gab and something tells me, my friend, you do too. Um, you know, if you can talk to people and you're not afraid to chat and open up and I think you can do almost anything because that in itself is a skill who knew and so I think that's helped me along the way a little bit. So when what you were saying you know you didn't really even know you could do business until you had that credibility and that success so when did that happen for you and what did that look like? I was doing for years the makeup for the theater, makeup for television, makeup for you know ingenues and legends and I got involved in a little bit of everything. And while it sounded really good, like that I could say, oh yes, I made up Audrey Hepburn and I made up Ginger Rogers and some of the late greats. Um, it really wasn't filling my soul. What happened was I ended up in the late 90s, no, late 80s, wow. <laughs> um, getting a job in a makeup store in Manhattan that serviced both what we called street makeup Street makeup was regular cosmetics for everyday women and everywhere, you know, but they also had theater and film makeup because people in theater have to do their own. There's no budget for hair and makeup. Right. And so we would have legends walking in to pick up pan stick and pancake. I'd have famous makeup people like Wade Bandy and a Kevin O'Quan coming in to get makeup for their photo shoots with Francesco Scavullo. Um, so I was able to service that audience because of my theater and film backup background. And, but then when women came in and wanted private lessons, I was doing these lessons and going, this is, I found my niche more than dropping a celebrity name or flying to Hollywood or flying. I mean, people flew me everywhere to do, you know, whether it was a wedding or a famous film set, I was over it. I was tired of schlepping with my kit. And I loved working one-on-one -on -one with somebody and teaching them how to do their makeup and watching them transform within the hour I was making them up and feel so confident about themselves. So I knew that I found what I was meant to do, which is working with women to educate them on how to do their own makeup. And I wound up opening my own store in Manhattan. 
1993, we had it, I had it for 20 years. Yeah. Um, it was so well known. They called it the Cheers of the Upper East Side. Oh, I love that. It was so much fun. You, there was always fresh cookies out. People would come in just for a cup of coffee or tea. We had private rooms. I had the best artists. But what happened was along those 20 years, QVC came into my life. I was fortunate enough to be at a cosmetic executive women function, meet the beauty buyer at the time I was introduced to her. And she had heard about me from the press because I started getting a lot of press. And she said, I'd love to come talk to you about putting together a makeup kit for QVC. And I, my head exploded because that was, <laughs> it really was a dream for me because, you know, I was teaching people one-on-one, -on -one, but then my friend who was also my accountant said to me, you should be on QVC. Can you imagine instead of teaching one-on-one, -on -one, you'd be teaching to 90 million households. Yes. And I thought, I don't think that's ever going to happen. And PS, and by the way, it did. <laughs> And so in 1997, I launched a contour and highlight kit, speaking of. Yes. It was my heritage. And I thought, I don't know what else I would launch with. I only know, you know, about contouring and highlighting and every woman should know about this. And so I went on without any training. Um, they ordered 750 of this particular three piece kit that I put together, I had no idea really how to charge them. They kind of told me, they're <laughs> like, you're not gonna make money charging me this little amount. That's where not having the business acumen really hurt me. Um, and I went but it was But it was brand marketing, right? That's how yes, you, yes, yes. Yes, yes, exactly. And so I was fortunate enough to go on air and sell out in like, I don't know, under seven minutes. And I came off air. Were you just flying so high? Like, oh I my gosh. <laughs> just started to cry. I thought I've never sold 750 of an assortment, let alone one skew of, th of a three-piece kit. And I had no idea that it would mean I'd be on air 24 years later. Every time I went on, I thought this is going to be my last appearance. They're never going to order for me again. How could it be that they keep ordering? And I was self-funded. I had no business partners and everything I made went back into QVC. And between that and running the store and still trying to do weddings and still trying to you know, um, do private clients and, and, you know, open and close my store, which I was responsible for, something had to give. Time, time really presented itself. And believe it or not, we didn't, we didn't close the store till 2012, but I wasn't there in the last number of years because I couldn't be. And I always say as a cautionary tale to anybody who's an entrepreneur starting a business, you can't do it all. I mean, they say women can do it all. You can't do it all. You got to let go of something to look at the bigger picture and let the bigger picture grow because you have to put attention to it. Um, there was a famous New York Post gossip columnist that I was the makeup artist for. And I would go to her every Saturday morning at NBC because she was on TV. And she, I was running off to QVC after that or running to a wedding and she like yelled at me and she was like, you can't do it all. And she <laughs> gave me a great analogy. And, and I, it was hard to refrain from the customers who were used to me and, uh, you know, they were my regulars and it was hard to say no to a wedding. And it was hard to give up those things because they were a big income for me. Um, but I knew ultimately that if I didn't, I wouldn't grow the QVC business the way it needed, the nurturing it needed. You know, so, it's and I think that is such an important thing for people listening who are trying and whether it's a business or it's maybe just things you're involved in the community or even sports for your kids. Right. It's sort of how do you know, you know, how do you know how to say no sometimes to certain things so that other things can thrive? Right. That's exactly right. I mean, at the beginning, I would say to anybody listening, I said no to nothing. I did everything and I did it for free at the very beginning. I mean, just to get the experience, just to have it on my resume. Um, and and I, I'll tell you, I was so busy doing everything. And sometimes it wasn't a moneymaker, but I was so happy to be able to do my craft. And I knew it was setting me up for success down the road. And I think you know, today in today's day and age, when I had my store and I interviewed upcoming makeup artists, 
I could tell, you know, who had that work ethic and who would be willing to put in the time and who wouldn't and who wanted just the quick overnight success. And I'm glad my journey took as long as it did because I have so much more of an appreciation for how I got where I got. Um, well, and, and also you have staying power, right? Because I think sometimes, you know, the thing I hear and what you're saying that's so relevant, and it's actually a hallmark of you as a brand is that, and as a woman, but those relationships that you build and sort of the sweat equity you put into things, I think is what gives you longevity too, because, you know, things are going to screw up. Stuff's going to happen. Oh, sure. And when it does, you got to rely on the relationships you've built, right? I mean, I don't know if you ever had a, something like that happen through your career where it didn't go the way you planned and yes. you sort of, so share, share with us. <laughs> oh, well, no, I mean, like I said, you know, from the beginning, I think when I started out, there was no CEW, Cosmetic Executive Women. You know, now what they offer for anybody in the beauty industry, uh, you need to be part of it and join it because, you know, especially these days, which everything is so virtual, there is mentorship programs. There's, you know, indie seminars for indie brands coming up. I didn't have any of that. Mm -hmm. um, the best I had was, you know, a woman's leadership kind of thing, but there was nobody in my space that I could just pick up the phone or say, I need help. You know, I didn't know about mostly everything. So I did things, you know, really where I could have saved myself so much more time had I had somebody to guide me. And I think that's the other thing. I think, you know, as women, we want to be able to do it ourselves and not bother anybody. Well, guess what? You know, if you know somebody walk the path, ask somebody, can I speak to them? Write them and say, I admire you. I have a question. Would you be able to help me? Don't be afraid. The worst they'll say is no, and you move on to the next one. Um, but take advantage of the mentorship because I did fall flat on my face a couple of times. You know, I, I had a bookkeeper that was stealing from me because I wasn't able to watch what he was doing. And before I knew it, you know, I thought he was just handling everything. I was so busy in the front and I didn't take care of the back. And that was the other thing. When you don't have time to do that, all the work you put in could be for naught when you have somebody that could destroy you. And thankfully, I was able to get out of that mess. But I had lots of things, not like that, but lots of things along the way um, that really sort of you know, frustrated me, you know, why is this brand who barely is steep in the knowledge that I have getting so much more notoriety and getting, you know, bought out um, for billions of dollars and nobody's coming to me. And it's because I didn't know even how to go out and market my company for investors. Um, so I think nowadays you have to tap into all of the resources you're interested in. But I would say to you that if you don't go on the journey and learn the pitfalls, you'll never appreciate the highs. I um, agree so much. And the other thing I'll share that was interesting, I was, before we started recording today, I was sharing that I was on a female founder collective call today. And it was very interesting because one of the things that, that resonated is how hard it is for people to ask for help. And <laughs> how important asking for help is. <laughs> and I think that that applies to almost every aspect of our lives, right? Even for those people listening that don't want to start a business or, you know, but when we talk about mental health and we, we talk about our overall well-being, you know, just being able to acknowledge that it's not a frailty to need help. In fact, I think it's a, now that I'm older, <laughs> I feel that it's a symbol of actual maturity and confidence to be able to acknowledge that there's something you don't know because there's so many things that you have to tap into that you can't possibly be an expert on all of them. So you need to surround yourself with an amazing, you know, circle that you can tap into, right? Yes. And it's okay to say, you know, I don't know. Can you educate me? And you're not meant to know everything. There's no possible way you could. Um, so, you know, don't feel badly about that. But like you said, 
Female Founder Collective is a perfect example of an organization that, you know, I get all those emails and, um, and I can't believe how many great women are, you know, those, what they're doing there, you know, so there's so much for the asking, you know, everybody needs to not be afraid. And one thing I'll share too, um, because you were talking about great things like CEW and, and other resources, um, you know, I think for you, when you think about, let's, you know, kind of go back to the product for a minute, you know, so you bring out this contour kit, you sort of know, how do you get the inspiration for, okay, so that's wildly successful. How do you get the inspiration for the next thing? And once you have a hit, how do you sort of know how to make another hit? <laughs> you know, that's how does that really- Good question. Oh my gosh. Nobody's ever asked me that. That's such a good question because actually with QVC, the thing that keeps you relevant and on air is being able to come out with the next hit, the next wonder, the next innovation. And I will tell you that the majority of my time outside of being on air is spent in thinking about what I can bring and what product would help women that they haven't seen that may simplify their life, may make it more fun to do their makeup. Um, And so I'm lucky, and you said this at the beginning, um, it's important to keep relationships. So I'm very in touch with the Geller gals. Many of them have found their way through my social profiles they write me, they say to me, you know, I need this, but you don't make it like this. Or have you ever thought of making something like this? And some of the ideas are not really good, or maybe I've done them, but sometimes something hits home and I'm like, that's brilliant. Why didn't I think of that? And so when I come up with product development ideas and it's really hard, and now we have a great team assembled at my office. There was a time I did this all by myself. Most of the iconic products I created on my own with one or two people in my office that really weren't even product developers, so to speak. But, um, you know, now I have real, again, I was not trained as a product developer. I wouldn't know enough about R&D and all the new breakthrough ingredients. But what I did know Celeste was I knew about applying makeup and I knew what women responded to when I did their makeup and I knew what they felt comfortable doing on their own when I wasn't going to be with them. And so everything I brought to QVC and thought about, you know, during the most formative iconic times of being on air were things that nobody else was doing. And that's the other thing, know your landscape, know your competitors, see what they're doing. You know, I've sat in on indie panels and people come up to you and they show you what they're doing and creating and very impressive. The problem for me was it was so similar to so many other people. And I would say to them, why is yours different? And, you know, I was asked that question early on, like when I was at QVC, like, what's your brand identity and what are you known for? And I would be like, what do you mean? Like, I'm a makeup artist. Like, Like, and I didn't understand when they would say, what's your brand identity? And, you know, what's your tagline? Or so I was I would tell the indie brands, have you really done your homework? Because your sound your elevator pitch sounds like the last two clean skincare companies that sat down in front of me. And if you're trying to be unique and different, you've got to have something unique and different. You do. You just do. But I think to your point, because, you know, I started a company that's all about white space, right? We kind of fill the white spaces, other brands. And that's actually been the key to our success, to your point, is that, I mean, we do it not just to fill that space, but to try to be a leader in, like you said, innovating on something that brings a companion. I say we play well with others because we play well with the other brands, but we fill a space they don't fill. And I think that that's because we purposely look for the things that are missing from somebody's routine that makes them more well and more radiant as well. And so, you know, I think to your point, the scary thing about doing that though, is that, you know, it's easier to relate, to show someone something that's, I don't wanna say a knockoff, but similar to something else and go, oh, this is like this, but better. 
because you 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 know there's a market you know that people are buying that kind of item right when you go into the white space you have to in some ways create that opportunity through education through demonstration all the things that you've done so well um, i think that's why when you bring things out that storyteller in you that person that creates and let someone see how it applies to their life is so important to to pioneering a new aspect right and, sure. and i say for whoever's listening i mean that's one thing i think both you and i can bring to this from experience is that i'm not afraid now to own something that no one else is in i don't need the edification of that because like you you know we last year we did over half a million two-way video consultations with consumers through our skin coaches and i have to tell you that what you learn yes if, if you have a two-way dialogue i say our customers invent our products because they may not know formulation but to your point she knows what she wants <laughs> and um and t they tell us and i think you know to that degree we then have to go figure out how we accomplish that for them but in many cases our new products have come from something that was missing that they shared with us you know but i'm only going down that that path just to say that like you you know owning a space that others aren't in doesn't mean that space isn't worth owning it just That's means right. that you That's have to create right. that right i mean look at baked who had done anything like baked i mean think about that idea yeah well funny enough you know you speak to baked our italian baked products when i learned about the process because i went to italy to the factory i will tell you transparently they were making products for some of the most exclusive couture color brands i was watching them on the factory line coming out and going you make for so-and-so you make for so-and-so you make for so-and-so yes we do but nobody was telling the story of baked and yes, the products were at point of purchase at retail, like we were at one time. We were in every Sephora door, every Ulta door. Our biggest challenge being in brick and mortar was how do we speak to our development and our innovation when something's sitting on a shelf? Of course, you can train your account executives. Of course, you can train the staff that's there nobody's going to be able to have the time to educate every single customer that comes up to your shelving unit, to your fixture unit. And so it was a struggle for me. I was not happy. Although we were successful, it was very difficult to do business that way for me. I, I couldn't do it. I, I would walk into certain stores that when they didn't expect me, not because on purpose, I was walking by and I walked in and I would go to my fixture unit and I'd think, Oh my God, it looks awful. It's such a mess. It's so dirty. Like nobody's changed out this tester. And I'm such a control freak about making my customer happy and delivering what she deserves that like when we departed and exited Sephora and Ulta, as much as I missed those relationships and it sounded good to be in every door and it was, it was impressive. And of course the customers can get my product more readily. I felt like an, I could own my process again. I felt like Nobody's going to destroy what I put out there and it's not going to look like crap. Yes. And it's, you know. No, it's true. And I think beyond that, it, it is very hard. I mean, that's why we do direct virtual coaching and all of those things, because it's very hard on that shelf to really be able to tell any story about the why, you know, and for us, like it's one thing to buy a product, but to to, to make it become something that you're attached to, you have to know why you should use it, why you do the things you do, why it's important to have that product, how you use it, when you use it, how to get the most, and how to make it uniquely yours, you know? And I think that that's a very, that's the same reason we chose not to go that path because we really felt that the relationship we build with that consumer when we walk them through, why do you use a topical vitamin C every day? What is that going to do for you? And then what is the best formula for you, the best, you know, ingredient deck for you based on your unique needs? That's a very different dialogue. Yeah, In that case, you're building a relationship. You're not just doing a transaction, right? Yes, yes. And I think to you, that's the thing that when I watch you, you know, I think that's what comes across that screen in such a beautiful way 
is that you're interested in building a lifelong relationship with that person. You're interested in them being a gal or a gal. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and you care about that relationship. And I think that that's, it's very hard to get the emotion of the brand through, you know, any other way. And I think that the, the opportunity, Laura, is I think what you're doing is so smart, not simply because it's working for you, but also because the thing that we've realized is the more isolated people get through technology, which is designed to eliminate the cost of a human, is the more hungry people are for the human interaction and the engagement. And it actually is a commodity that, it's not a commodity, it's something people cherish and seek. Um, and I think that those of us who focus on that side have a really great opportunity coming out of this to really, because people are more hungry than ever for yes. that interaction. Don't you find that in what yes, you're doing? Yes, absolutely. I mean, during the pandemic at the height, I was doing a Facebook Live every other Friday and in real time being able to hear everybody's thoughts, comments, requests, uh, being unhappy with something, whatever it was, um, I felt that I was there for them, not just emotionally, um, but and lifting their spirits, they were lifting mine too, but that I could respond in real time. And if not at, during that particular live, certainly after where I could answer those questions, you know, and that to me, maybe that's a little controlling because I want to be able to respond to every customer and, and you can, that's an impossibility. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, because, you know, for me, back in the day when we were out there and one bad review or one bad comment about a product only because it was sold improperly to them or whatever it was, it was gut-wrenching. It was just gut-wrenching for me. So, and I'm not saying that I'm pleasing everybody today with everything. No, I know. I know. It's just, but, but you're aware, right? It's like, it makes you, it just factors in to what you're doing. You know, the other thing about this time that I think for you, for your brand, which is why if people haven't tried your brand, they should, is, you know, the movement that sort of happened when people stopped going into an office or they stopped going to social events to really look naturally beautiful, to really look like you only better and to get zoom ready right um i just think it plays into laura geller and your brand for what you've always stood for in terms of that you know naturally beautiful look so how how has how's reception been as people have moved to this more no makeup makeup look and um and when i look at how you're designing today and the things that you're bringing out now you know, how does that sort of reflect, because you are all about empowering someone to sort of know how to make themselves look beautiful in the most natural way, right? And that's my hope, you know, my hope is that I've taken out the guesswork and I've made it so simple that doing it, even if you're doing it a little wrong, it still looks better. Um, even if, but that you have a joy in doing it. Um, every product I design, I'm thinking about like, will it bring you joy? Like when you're putting it on, will it, even if you're not so skillful, will it still enhance your beauty and do for you what you want it to, you know? And that's always top of mind. And I will tell you, thank you for saying what you said. It's no different during these last two years um, and moving forward than it's ever been for me. Uh, we are a brand about natural. Sure, you could take our products and enhance them and do dramatic makeup and create whatever style you want that suits you. But I've always said my makeup was never about asphyxiating you with product that you can't wait to rip off your face at night. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's breathable. It's 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 athleisure makeup. I mean, I, I never called it that before, but it's like athleisure makeup. It's like what you can't wait to get home and put on, you know, you take off your bra and you put on your yoga yeah. pants. By the way, I don't put on yoga pants, but I know they're comfortable, <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, um, that's how I feel about my makeup is like, it's never a, um, a job to, to do it and work with it. But you know, when I think about that, like when, when we look at you today and what you were just sharing about, you know, you've always been this sort of natural, when you look at what you're doing next and how, how it's evolving, you know, what is the next evolution of what you're doing? What does that look like to you? 
um, you know, what, what you've had so much success and you've had so much innovation. You always wonder like, is there innovation left? <laughs> yeah, I can't even talk. You just took the words out of my mouth. I think the hardest thing is if you're on QVC who demands that you keep innovating because that's how you stay relevant and stay on air and you have to come up with new things. And I don't mean a new color of lipstick or a different pretty palette of eyeshadows. Like how do you keep innovating? So that is my biggest challenge. I'm not going to lie. And I'm sure some of my product development team wants to strangle me sometimes because they don't know what I've done for the last 24 years necessarily. They have some historics, but sometimes they'll show me something and I'll think, been there, done that. It, doesn't work. <laughs> it didn't work um, the first time, not going to work. <laughs> you know, well, what if we show you a different delivery system? All right. You know, you got to be open, you know, and, and the thing is, you know, yes, yeah, sometimes I created things that were groundbreaking and I was the only one doing it. And then all of a sudden it became fashionable and at 10 years down the road, people were doing, it. I was like, I did that 10 years ago, old, you know, but now I didn't look like I was part of the mix and I mm -hmm. needed to recreate that product in a new way so that I could speak to it, whether it was a new ingredient or like I said, a, a way of putting it on that made it simpler because, you know, I've done, I really have done everything. I don't think there's anything I haven't done yet. Yeah. Um, so it's, it is challenging. I think product development may be the most challenging part of a cosmetic line. Well, um, and also you have a lot of competing objectives now, right? Because now there's the ingredient deck, the packaging that it comes in, what's the sustainability, you know, I mean, there's so much more than just what goes in the bottle or the wand, right? And keeping up and also being true to that, because I think, one thing that we strive to do is be very transparent and that means sometimes acknowledging that what the people are reading about isn't quite there yet and if you want to truthfully be honest with the people who buy your products then acknowledging that okay well let's talk about what sustainability really looks like in packaging right now versus what you're reading <laughs> this is truly where state of the art is and it's not a hundred percent there yet so you know, no one is. And so we're as good as we can get and still be a product that works for you that, oh, by the way, is also safe and sustainable on the shelf, you know, all of those kinds of things. So do you see, especially because you have such a world audience, you know, tuning into you. Um, and I'm sure, you know, you get a lot of questions about that. Yeah. You know, I always said um, people were back in the day in the eight before the 80s and through the 80s and 90s, theater and film people, even street makeup, everybody would wear makeup. It didn't matter what the ingredient was. They just put it on. And P.S. and by the way, nobody died from it. Just yeah. so. <laughs> I know died from wearing pancake. Um, so, you know, for me, as the evolution of cosmetics went toward more clean and I have certainly, and my team at LG have made a conscious effort to, if we had to, redevelop something we had that was iconic and take out something or put in something that people would feel more comfortable with. And we recently did that. Uh, I won't name what it is. And truth be told, the item for me did not perform the way it did when I created it originally. And and it was a heartbreaker because it was iconic and you know we met the needs of and the demands of what customers would say you know i don't want parabens in my product anymore um i don't you know want certain things and unfortunately you know people are not as educated that certain things won't harm them right but i can't explain that when i'm on air and there would be people i think that would argue my argue that point um, so, you know, we're going back to the original formula, but we will take the Certain power things out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I agree. Like, for example, you know, as you know, cause I'm, I have a research background, so I clinically exhaust, you know, research on our ingredient decks and so forth. And, you know, there really isn't anything that truly shows parabens are really 
at, at the level that they function in makeup That's and skincare. Right. But to your point, we've never used them just because we didn't want to even waste energy on the debate, right? What? So to your point, but I have an interesting story. We did the same thing. We have an iconic cleanser. We basically went through this whole thing of, you know, sulfate free, did all of these things. And it was like the Coke, new Coke fiasco where everybody was like, oh my gosh, we want the old one back. And I'm like, well, you said you didn't want, oh, we don't care. <laughs> so sometimes what people say they want and then what they act on um, is very different, right? And so that's the thing that we just developed some new waterless products that use no water at all in the making. It's very hard to do um, because the consistency I mean, water makes an amazing consistency, right? And you can't, and gels and botanicals don't make it tacky and sticky, right, blah, blah, right. blah. So long story short, you know, we brought two products out, but out of 50, we only were able to get two that once we removed the water still felt the same. One was a lip product, right? And the other one's a cleanser. So when you look at it, you know, it's a very tough process. So we've told people we're working one thing at a time <laughs> mm -hmm. and we'll slowly contribute to this movement. But, you know, we still want you to love your products and we want them to do what they need to do. So so it's always kind of battling and sort of fighting that uh, that it's, way. It really is. And you can't please everybody. I mean, I have come to understand that I'm going to lose a number of Geller gals and, you know, who no longer like that product because we've changed the formula. And while it's better for them, they, well, people say, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you know, they want what they want. And so, you know, it, that's a hard one. And even now going back to the original formula, you know, that's going to have to be something I have to figure out how to craft right. my delivery when I'm on air as mm -hmm. to, well, that's no longer available, but here's where we went back to. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I had a similar situation a number of years ago. People were asking if my Balance and Brighton Foundation had an SPF in it. Well, I had a natural SPF in it um, because there was titanium dioxide in it. Um, so we amped it up um, so that it would have a better SPF for people. I couldn't claim it, of course, because it was in a powder. So there was right. all of that. Um, but what happened was the colors changed, obviously. And so I was able to do it, but some of the people no longer could wear their favorite color. And so that was a whole debacle. Mm -hmm. So still to this day, people were like, why don't you have SPF in your balance of brightness? I'm like, oh my God, where were you eight years ago? I did it. You know, I, I can't do it again and I'm not going to do it again. It, it was such a debacle. So, But see, know. I think these are the great, I, I love sharing this on a podcast only because I think that People think our jobs are so fun, like we go in and we just play with makeup and skincare and we just eat bonbons and get our nails done and some facials. And I think it's so fun to share that, oh my gosh, if you even knew, I took someone through what getting an SPF through FDA approval was like <laughs> and how every batch has to be tested and every batch is charged. And when we change a, a package, we've got to go through that process again, you know, and people just don't know what you go through to get it to market, you know, because we do make it look easy. So that's a good thing. So that's one thing I thing. have for you, because it's a personal question I have too, and then I do want to look at a few other things before our time runs out today. But, um, you know, when you look at what you're doing for a living, you're in a world that is about making people look beautiful, you're making amazing products, you're on air. But, you know, when you think about what people expect from women as they mature, right? And as we go through, and in an industry that has been very hyped up, especially with indie brands, and I am one, but you know, to talk about indie brands where, you know, I've often had, when I was first starting my brand, I had people going, well, you're gonna hire someone young, right? To pitch the brand, you know? And I'm like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh you mean younger God. or do you mean two? I'm not quite sure. But um, but my point is, you know, we are in a world that is very driven to that, especially with cosmetics. And you're beautiful. I mean, you have beautiful skin. You look amazing. Um, but what is that journey like for you as, you know, each year ticks away? You know, what is it that you've learned about your value proposition when it comes to a world of beauty as a woman that's more mature? That's a really great question. Um, you know, 
I have said to people, I think the beauty of getting older is that you've had experience in every decade up to leading to the age you're at. So I'm 63 and I have been making orders. Oh, 50, <laughs> you were 58. Aug, 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 I'm 63, August 8th. Yeah. I'm August 2nd. Ooh, oh, look at Leo's. There we go. Leo's, there you go. And I, um, I feel like because I've been a makeup artist since I'm 18 years old, like when I was doing makeup in my twenties and thirties and somebody sat in my seat and started having a hot flash and they were perspiring after I did their foundation and blush, I had a fan for them because I was very empathetic, but I was like, why can't, why does she have to sweat? Like, why can't, like my, and I'm panicking about the makeup. Like I didn't understand right. that that's a real thing. And I feel like now I can say, I know what you're looking for in your twenties. I know what you're looking for in your thirties and beyond. And having that experience is translated and folded into every product I create. So while we say our products are, and I always say this when I'm on air, 19 to 90 below and beyond, because it is a multi-generation line, we are speaking to a more mature customer. And we at Laura Geller are really focused in on that today. And that is the consumer who is a real Laura Geller devotee. And we changed our trajectory about trying to speak to everybody, mm -hmm. trying to be, there's enough young, funky makeup out there mm -hmm. by some young, funky makeup artist and fabulous makeup artist. But we want to speak to women who are in a similar lifestyle as us, mm -hmm. whether you're working or not working. Nobody wants to fuss anymore. We don't want to fuss anymore. Mm -hmm. And we're not living a lifestyle where we're going to put makeup on in the way we did years ago. So I think everything we, my experience and what we do is folded into every product we create. And I am, I feel lucky to be this age and, and be able to deliver that kind of experiential opportunity for every woman who's on the receiving end of our product. Well, I agree with that 100%. And part of what, you know, when we look at it from our point of view as a skincare brand too, you know, what's been transforming in my mind of what I didn't expect on our journey is that like you, you know, when I started the company, you look at our, you know, our loyalists, they are people that are, you know, in a demographic where they're like, okay, I feel so young. And when I look at that number on my driver's license, I don't even know how that happened. And I want my body to look the way I feel. I want my face and my skin to look the way I feel, right? Um, as youthful as I feel. And I think what's happened is it's really cool because the unique thing that I think comes to a brand like yours and a brand like ours is you've also spent all this time educating your customer. Well, guess what they do? They educate their children. And one thing that we have found is our demographic now, like you, it's like 19 to 90. But what's interesting is so many of the children of the women who are now moms themselves, you know, who use our brand, it's a really, like you have shared before, kind of a generational baton that they pass of little secrets they've learned. And I, it's amazing to me how our younger 19 to 29 age group really does not want to mess with makeup. They, yeah. they want it to be simple. Yes. Like they, you know, they've kind of, cause the, the people at the, the, you know, the 25 and up are into all the glittery and da da da. But that younger group now, they're wearing champion sweatshirts like we used to wear and the baggy shorts and, the, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, take me back to the 70s yeah. and 80s. And, uh, but they're going back to that more natural. And so when, and we see, cause in skincare, they're like, give me two steps, give me three steps, you know? And it's just interesting to see how new becomes old <laughs> and old becomes new. So it's sort of, I think that that when you build relationships, you know, you sort of see that that generational passing of the lessons that you learned. I mean, yes. you were inspired by the ladies in your neighborhood and how they looked and kids today, now that they're staying home more and they're being schooled home, they're kind of inspired by the same things because it's the people around them that are passing on the the old knowledge right so i think that's where um i'm kind of excited about where things are now because i feel that we have an opportunity to affect younger uh generations if anything to make them feel good that 
aging is really an opportunity. It's not a death sentence. <laughs> and, and you know, it's an opportunity to go into new chapters of your life. I got to say, I am so happy to be at a point in my life. And it's not just like rationalizing because I am here, but I just love that it's not about me anymore. And it's about, I'm comfortable in my skin, warts and all. And like, you know, I embrace every line. I embrace every pound because it's, it's sort of, I earned, you know, it comes through life lessons and I love myself so much more. I didn't love myself when I was younger. You know, I wasn't kind to myself in so many ways. And I think that getting to a place where you can have a self-appreciation and love and have self-value is something that comes with life lessons. And, you know, I just love that we can maybe pass on to someone younger an opportunity to love themselves earlier (laughs) so that they're good to themselves and kind to themselves, you know, over those years versus as hard on themselves as I was. So true. So true. So, you know, I, I always say real quickly, I, I always say, you know, um, if I look back to, you know, when I was much younger, like, what would I say, you know, to myself then, you know, relax. You can't, Rome wasn't built in a day. That's an old expression, but it's true. And you'll get there. Just keep moving forward one step in front of the other. You can't have it all so quick, but relax. It will come. I love that. I think that's such an important message. And speaking of that, uh, one step in front of the other, I want to make sure I'm going to ask a little couple of wrap-up questions. And we always do a burning question round, so I want to hit that. But I really don't want to miss an opportunity to make sure we talk about your work with Cancer Schmancer coming up. So can you share a little bit about that and how we can support you? Oh, that's so, thank you so kindly for asking. And it's hot off the presses. You know, Fran Drescher is a real true Geller gal. And we, I feel like she is like us, we're the same age. Um, and she is a New Yorker, a native New Yorker, which you can't miss, nor can you miss <laughs> with me. Um, so we have a collaboration that we're so proud of and we're offering on lauragellar.com at 20% off. And it's like a bundle to support Cancer Schmancer, which is, so I just wanna get this right. I never wanna say anybody else's things wrong. It's really a movement that has been founded by Fran for uterine cancer survivors um, and anybody going through uterine cancer. Um, And it's really focused on cancer prevention and early detection and the policies and all of that. Um, It's really, I can go into that more deeply, but I will tell you what, what she picked herself was a collection that's normally $115 and is now 68. Wow. Um, and 20% of all the proceeds will benefit Cancer Schmancer. So what we're doing is our famed iconic spackle primer, um, which is your under makeup primer um, that I pioneered, a big balance and brighten um, foundation. Again, another iconic and award-winning product, both of those already and also a baked blush, um, which, so all made in our Italian factories. um, And by the way, these products last forever. And then a liquid liner, which I'm a big fan of. um, And the one I just made called Mighty Pen Liquid Liner um, is so amazing. It's in a fountain brown, but it's very dark and um, it's easy to use. So this collection is available now if you went on to laurageller.com and it would all the 20% of the proceeds will go to benefit cancer schmancer. Okay, first of all, I love it. And by the way, forget, you know, I love that it's going to cancer transfer, but what an amazing offer um, by itself, right? And it just doubles down when it goes to something so amazing as this cause. Agreed. But uh, but no, I'm like so excited. I'm going to be ordering one of those. I'm so excited. But everybody listening, make sure that we will... Uh, put a link from our podcast, but also you can go to laurageller.com and you should register there and purchase to yes. benefit Cancer Schmancer and support these amazing ladies uh, along the way. And I heard that, so Fran's running for like president of the Actors Guild or something yeah, I like think that. she is, 
I think she actually was appointed. Oh, that's so cool. Screen Actors Guild. Screen yes. Actors Guild. I was like, good for her. That is Absolutely. so awesome. What a, what, yeah. a, what an unbelievable position to have as a woman. That's so great. I'm excited yeah. for her. Following so that's Lou her, Wasner, her, her. The late Lou Wasner. I'm so proud of her. Oh, I know. He was so amazing, too. So how so. great is that? So uh, I'd love to know. We, we knew a little bit what's up. So I'm going to do a little burning round question with you. Just whatever comes to your mind with your first answer. So eyeshadow, eyeliner, or mascara? Eyeliner. All right. And especially now, Mighty Pen. I know. We've got to try that out. Um, spa day or an adventure day? Spa day. Yeah, but spa days can be adventure. Depends too. on the adventure, but I'm really more <laughs> of a spa kind of girl. I love it. I'm with you. All right. Morning routine or evening? Uh, morning routine. Oh, that's because it's your makeup. I know. I was going to say good cup of coffee and sit down and do your makeup with your coffee or tea and you're less rushed and you're more inclined to do a better job. I love it. So what's your favorite place to travel? Italy. Oh, I know. I knew it. So you had me at Italy coffee and dogs because I read that you're into dogs and I'm like, oh my gosh. So Italy's my favorite place. Little side note, my daughter um, played for America's team, America's softball team against Italy and we basically played for summer league all across Italy in all these little towns and villages. And I have to tell you, oh my gosh, we went into some villages where, and definitely the Italian teams are not funded the way the, you know, American parents, we fund our kids and all this stuff. You go in and it was so cool because all the kids would want to exchange and get the jerseys from our girls, you know, to have like souvenirs and stuff. And so as we went into every town, we went into a lot of towns where the people did not speak any English. It was only Italian. And they made the most amazing spreads, Laura, of just, oh my gosh, we would go in and no one could speak each other's language, but we, we communicated over food. The girls played ball. They were like best friends and hugging by the time You're we left. Right. And it, for her to be a senior in high school and have that experience was crazy. But I just love that I got to see all these amazing places that I would not have ever gone, you know, outside of Florence and Positano and, you know, whatever. And I just, I loved it. And I fell in love with the country and the people probably in the way you did. So you had me at Italy. I was like, Aww, oh my gosh, my favorite. I know. And then the other thing is dogs. So where's your love of dogs and what is that all about? Wanted a dog my whole life. My mother was petrified. So I only got to play with my friend's dogs, my neighbor's dogs. And pandemic came and I was home. And my son was here with me and we looked at each other and we said, if not now, when? Um, and we went out and got our little Gigi, who's now Aww. 14 months. She's a pandemic puppy. Oh my um, gosh, Gigi. I love it. For Geller Gal, Gigi. That is so Geller-Gal. cute. She's our mascot. Yeah. And so, so was it everything you thought? Having everything. a dog? But I will tell you, as you must know, do you have a dog? Oh yes, we have we have multiple. We had two boxers, we have a, a chocolate lab, and we have a golden doodle that we just put down two Fridays ago, which is so sad. But yes, my biggest fear. That's my mm-hmm. biggest fear. I'm so sorry. I have to tell you, cry, my husband doesn't cry. Like he's not a crier. He cried like a baby. I mean, oh, and oh, just oh, and no, we still miss him. We come home and we just expect his little pitter patter. And our other dog's like, where are, where is he? His name was Bear. Where's Bear? You know, but, um, but I have to say the joy uh, that you get and the companionship, they want nothing from you, but love, you know what I mean? And some food and a ball ball throw. My dog, (laughs) I posted something, go on to my, I will, my Laura J. Geller Instagram page is my own. And, um, my son who's moving out tomorrow, um, plays with her in ways I wouldn't play and throws that ball constantly. And she just puts the ball up against our legs. You must know this, you know, yeah. when they want to play, they, she is relentless. It's like, I don't care what you're doing. I'm here with the ball. Let's yeah, throw that so ball my, my chocolate lab pause you like, come on, come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I have to say, you're going to miss your son because <laughs> now guess who's going to have to throw the ball. Thanks Celeste. <laughs> Thanks. I don't have other dogs and a husband or any other kids at home. I know who's going to be throwing that ball. Gigi's going to be like, mom, 
I got it. It's going to yeah, be fun. Thanks. I don't. <laughs> All right. So last thing, how can our um, listeners find you? Where should they go? Definitely yes. we'll tune in at QVC, but where else can we find you? Yeah, so Laura Geller Beauty is our fan page. And like you said before, sign up there because we have the most insane sales and offers all the time. Like sometimes I open it up and like, they are not doing 50% off on that. I'm going to be on QVC full price tomorrow. But <laughs> that's the way to get in on the offers. And then I am on um, Laura J. Geller on Instagram. Um, uh, that's where my, my followers can really speak to me um, and DM me and things like that. Well, I love it. And I have to say, I'm one of your followers. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. I feel much really pleasure. blessed to be with an icon and someone who's such an approachable, amazing, sweet person too. So thank you so much for that. And guys, make sure you go to Bearskin at Celeste and also follow Laura because we have an amazing giveaway. Uh, so get all the details and get some swag from us for listening. So thank you so much. And until next, next time, stay sweet. Stay safe and stay nice. Talk to you soon. Take care.